Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14, and Hebrews chapter 10, 19, 20, and 21. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14. And I, I've mixed a few um, translations together to kind of communicate an idea, a concept to uh, you as the body of Christ. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14 says, Just think how much more surely the blood of Christ will transform our lives and our hearts. That's the Living Bible. Jesus, who through the eternal spirit will purify our conscience from dead things of the world so that we may serve the living God and no longer do things that lead to death. Again, just think how much more surely the blood of Christ will transform our lives and transform our hearts. Jesus, who through the eternal spirit, that's very important, through the spirit, will purify our conscience from the dead things of the world so that we may serve the living God and no longer do the things that lead to death. Then Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19, I put the NIV and the New Living Translation together here. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place, by the blood of Jesus, by his death, that is his blood, Jesus opened a new and living way for us through the curtain, that is his body. Verse 21, and since then, we have a great priest, it's found in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 to 16, over the house of God. I want to speak to you on the subject, and it's a question mark. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. This, we're going to pray because this may be one of the most consequential sermons of this year. There were some things, you know, Kia didn't know what I was going to speak on. And at that last part of her leading, when she was on her knees, I believe she was given prophetic confirmation to what the Lord is going to say. One of the, one of the most unsettling things as a speaker or a preacher or a pastor is to preach something that you're not quite sure how to unpack what you're going to say. And most of us would like to stand up here and say, all right, I think I get this concept, I put it into practice, and I know it works, and now I'm going to share it so that way I can 
truly share with you something that I have at least put into practice that works. And it's not to say I've never done this, but the Lord had just downloaded some revelation to me about pleading the blood. And I'm still unpacking, and I wanted to wait, but the Lord said, you need to speak this now. And so I want, I know you usually listen to me pray, but I'm going to ask you to pray with me just for one minute. Just, just for one minute, and then I'll say a prayer, but for one minute, could you just, and those of you who could pray, you know, a little louder, <laughs> um, if you could just pray with me, those of you online, let's pray together that the Lord will speak to us and give us a revelation on the blood. God, we need you. This is so consequential for this moment and for this time. And I understand, Lord, that there is no way I can communicate what I believe you dropped in my spirit for your people. So I stand here in weakness, totally declaring that I am depending on you, Lord. And thank you, Lord, for even the Apostle Paul said, pray for me that utterance might be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly and make known the mysteries of the gospel, of this good news. This is good news. Give us hearts to hear, ears to hear, hearts, hearts to receive, and eyes to see what you're saying to us. Speak to those in this room, those in the lower sanctuary, those who are online now and those who will see the recording. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. The, the, the blood of Jesus, you know, terms like we, we say in prayers and we say the blood of Jesus or we say in the name of Jesus, these terms can be unfortunately sad, sadly used as sort of like a lucky charm at the end of a prayer. A magical saying, a horseshoe, a rabbit foot. Why do I say that? Because the name of Jesus will only work when we understand who the person is that that wonderful name belongs to. In other words, if I say to you the name Michael, what do you think about? Michael. Hmm? Michael Jackson, okay. Another Michael? Jordan, okay. So what do they say? They say that when you go, when you, when people refer to you on a first name basis, you have become it. 
okay? You can become on the it list. So for example, Beyonce, you know, everybody knows that. Or, or you know, whether you like them, the person or not, Madonna, like these people on a, on a, on a first name basis, and their name is not based on a bunch of letters. Their name is based on the reputation of who they are. The name is based on what they have done. And yet those names don't have any power other than to provide imagery for us, whether it's Beyonce, and we picture her you know, uh, as a singer, or, or Michael Jordan, who we picture as a basketball player, even though he hasn't played in years. And as somebody said, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson's been dead probably about 10 years now, and yet, when you say his name, and in some cases, when there was a time when you said the word Mike, and people thought of you know, Mike Tyson. So there's names that have meaning to us, but then there's another name, Jesus, that has not only a reputation, but has power. And the power doesn't work unless you have an understanding as to who Jesus is. Are you with me? So many times people, they say, in the name of Jesus, or and I'm not against these terms, but I think many times we must be careful to remember that at that name, Philippians chapter 2, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The devil is not impressed with how authoritatively your voice says in the name of Jesus. In fact, he's not impressed if you say, in the mighty name of Jesus. He's not moved by the tone of your voice. He's moved by the authority of your faith. Some of, us are, some of us are good orators, but we're not good prayers. What do you mean? We can, our Heavenly Father, the one who made the moon, the stars, and the skies. We do honor thee, O God. Like, and many people will be wowed by your language, not realize that in the, in the atmosphere of the spirit, all you're doing is making a speech. The Bible talks about the religious leader using all these flowery words, but a tax collector who was despised just said to the Lord, have mercy on me. And God said, I'm hearing that prayer because a broken 
and a contrite heart the Lord will listen to. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, stop worrying about your vocabulary. It's very important that we understand that I'm not, and look, I'm not against people praying amazing prayers. But one of the things that can be challenging is that me who, you know, at 63, I've been in church all my life, so I know the language. I know where to put the right emphasis. I've been in church all my life. I know how to say Jesus to make people go, ooh. Like I say, in the name of Jesus. People say, oh, I feel that. I've been in church all my life. I know how to do the right part. In the name of Jesus. But you've had somebody who just gets saved. They don't, they're, they're trying to navigate this, this new life. And the same thing when it comes to the blood. But the blood can be a little bit more dangerous because you can go, you can grow up in church and not understand the power of the blood. And so you say things like, the blood of Jesus, thinking that because of the way you said it, with an emphasis on the blood of Jesus, like it was exploding like a bomb, bomb that the devil went, woo. Where in many cases he's like, and? It is, this term, the blood of Jesus, it only works when you understand the difference between human and animal blood and the blood of God's Son who came in the flesh. So Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14 states that the blood through the Holy Spirit purifies our conscience. Now that word purifies is an interesting Greek word. Um, and and, and walk, I'm, this, I'm more teaching now, so is that all right if you walk with me through this? Because I, 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 want, I want this year to be a different year for us. So this, this, word, this word purify, it is the word katharizo. Um, begins with a K, from which we get our English word catharsis. And it means to cleanse utensils from stains or dirt. It also means to consecrate. Now, here's, inter here's the interesting thing, that when we say that the, the blood purifies or the blood cleanses or cleans, too often when we think of the word clean, our mind immediately goes to wash. Are you following me? Look in any dictionary and the first word that you will see to define the word clean is free. 
So in other words, when something is clean, it is being freed from dirt. So this purification of the blood frees me, not simply washes me. If you can get that in your mind, that the purification is freeing me, it'll change your life. This word purify means to consecrate, which means to set apart for God to use. Are you with me so far? So for example, this place has been consecrated. That means this room is different from any other room. Okay? We don't we don't play rock and roll and rap music and have parties in this room. We don't play ultimate frisbee in this room. There's nothing wrong with those, well, there's nothing wrong with ultimate frisbee. <laughs> but my point is that this room has been set apart for God. Okay. So it's not like, you know, many people like will have, you know, don't bring coffee and donuts and cookies. And it's not that we have anything against those things, is that we want to remind ourselves that this room is a different room, and it is set apart for God. And, and, and so but the point is, is that when God purified our conscience, he, he set aside our minds for him through the blood. The blood of Jesus frees my mind so that I can serve God instead of the devil. Are you following me so far? And without the blood, you have no ability to serve God. Are you tracking with me so far? I'm moving, I'll speed up, but I'm moving slow so that you can understand and, and, and be on track with what I'm saying. And when, so when it comes to freeing our conscience, the, the interesting, def, interesting thing about the definition of this word conscience, it, is, it means co-perception or joint knowledge. Well, what, what do you mean, Bishop? I mean that there is a way that the world perceives life, and there's a way that the world perceives life without Christ, and we got to be careful not to be co-perceivers of our lives, the way the world perceives life. So for example, if I have no money, the world would say, meaning people in the world would say, you're broke. And we would go around saying, I'm broke. We would be 
co-perceptors. Mean, co-meaning together. So company means bread together. Co-perceptors meaning, yes, we are seeing the same thing. I got no money, I'm broke. Would you agree? Yeah, you are broke. But the blood frees my mind from seeing things the way the world sees them, of which I was a part. So instead of saying, I'm broke because the blood has freed my mind, though I see my brokenness, the blood of Jesus releases my mind to say, but my God will supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Therefore, I have no need for Christ has supplied them all. The blood of Jesus gives me the ability to see what God sees. And without the blood of Jesus, I cannot see what God sees. I see as the world sees. This is deep. And so, we all have experience. We stop at a stoplight, and someone comes up to me, uh, me with a cup and a sign that says I'm homeless and says, you know, um, I'm struggling, I'm struggling, and they may have looked like they haven't had a bath or cleaned up in a while, and so there is a cold perception of the, of the world, of most people, of either this person's a drug addict, uh, this person's lazy, or, well, they're just down on their luck, or they're going to probably use the money to buy uh, alcohol, so there's a cold perception of, uh, now I'm just going to get on my phone and act like I'm uh, uh, texting, or I'm going to reach for something when they come by my window so I don't have to deal with them. But the blood of Jesus purifies my mind so that I can see that person in the image of God and say, there but the grace of God go, my, go I. And instead of giving them one dollar, maybe I give them five or ten. It's not my business what they're going to use it for. It's my business to make sure my heart is free from perceiving people the way the world perceives them and not see them the way God sees them. Because I don't want to be embarrassed when God picks that person up, turns them around, plants their feet on solid ground, and they, and they say to me, oh, remember? You don't remember me. I used to stand at the corner of Mass Ave and Garden Street, and I asked me, I remember you, and, and, and you, you, it seems like every time you came up to me, you turned, and, and how many of us would be embarrassed if God changed somebody's life so, so radically? that God says to you, I wish you would have saw this person now. The way. And so the word tells us that God's job is to, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, he wants us to be transformed by the renewal of our mind so that we can prove so that we can prove that God's will is good, acceptable, and perfect. 
The Bible says that the world thinks this way in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 and 17. Love not the world. Don't love the things of the world because anybody who loves the world loves this system. The love of the Father is not in them. What's in the world? The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh. I got to have more in the pride of life, which is why people get offended because they have pride. Tell your name as he's talking about you right now. And so we need the blood of Jesus, and we need the power of God. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, that, that the weapons that we have need to uh, pull down strongholds and, and arguments. Uh, it destroys arguments in our mind and, uh, and, and every lofty opinion that is against the knowledge of God. We, we take captive every thought and make them obedient to God. We, we take captive every thought and make them obedient to God. This is deep. We, take, we, have to, we have to sometimes wrestle with our thoughts about how we think about people. Have you ever had a fight with your own thoughts because you knew they were wrong? And you had to wrestle those thoughts down and say, in the name of Jesus, that's not the way Jesus would think. So last week I talked about seven places where Jesus bled so that we could be free. I talked about that when the spear was shoved in Jesus' side, it really went into his heart. And so Jesus bled in his heart to let us know that he understands how it feels to get your heart broken. how it feels to get your heart wounded. He bled in his feet. Why? To let you know that you don't have to remain stuck. That you can, you can continue to walk in freedom. The Bible says, how beautiful are the feet of the person who spreads good news, the gospel. We, he got nails and bleed in his hand. Why? So that you don't have to remain unproductive and unfruitful. And, and after living 10 and 20 and 30 years, looking back and saying, what did I accomplish? I accomplished absolutely nothing. The devil is a liar. The blood of Jesus frees your hands to do the things of God. In fact, Jesus says in John 15, verse 16, I ordained you to bear fruit and that your fruit will, be made, will remain. In another scripture, he says, in fact, God is glorified when your business grows. God is glorified when you get a home. God is glorified when you get these things so that you can win more people for Jesus. Ah. He got whipped on his back, which also includes our shoulders. Our back meaning by his wounds, we can be healed of diseases. We can be healed of diseases, cancer and, and, and sickle cell and all these diseases. By his stripes, we are healed. But also, no, our shoulders, meaning that we can be free from the burdens that we carry. Mm. 
That's why I love that old time hymn. Would you be free from the burden of sin? There is power in the blood. That's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30. Come unto me, all you who are burdened and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. And he ends with, you will find rest for your soul. Some of you, you've come in here, you've come in here like this, but if we could have x-ray spiritual vision, you have the weight of the world on your shoulders. And Jesus is saying, you've come to the right place. I want to, through the, through the bleeding that I received on my back, I want to free your shoulders from the burdens of life that you're carrying. I want to do that for you right now. Ooh, it's about to get deep in here. Ooh, it's about to get deep in here. Get the car running. I went to a, I, I spoke about the thorns on Jesus' head and the fact that he bled there because he understood that this is the place that the enemy would attack. I have never seen a season, ooh, you better be praying. I have never seen a season where so many people, and thank you, Kia, for alluding to that, are, are suffering from stress and anxiety and depression and discouragement. Has anybody throughout these last two years traveled on that road at least once? I'll, I'll put both hands up. I'll put both hands up. And God gave me this scripture. I'll remind you of the scripture. He said, I'll free your mind from works that are killing you so that you can serve me. The only reason why I have been able to pastor, I was out with uh, Clint yesterday, and he was asking me, how's it going? How you make, how, how are you even doing this, Bishop? And, I, I, and, and as I look back over the pandemic, there's probably, throughout the whole pandemic, nobody, I don't think anybody has been in church in, in this building more than me and my wife. And I'm not saying that to brag, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you the journey. We've been through two quarantines, two 14-day quarantines. My daughter Jessica got uh, uh, COVID. My brother got COVID. My father died from COVID. Uh, like, all of these things have happened, and yet my wife and I, at least as far as we know, we, we did not get COVID at all. Like, every time we tested, it was negative. And, but, but more than the, the sickness, it was the mental stress of trying to maneuver and, 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 and navigate through this and wondering, are people all right and who still goes to the church and who doesn't go to the church? This is probably one of the worst, definitely the worst time of this century to pastor. And the only reason why I haven't lost my mind is because of the prayers of you saints and the blood of Jesus. 
There's no special sprinkling sauce that goes over a pastor. Pastors by the thousands are basically saying, I have had enough. So I anoint my mind. And as I thought about this, the Lord said, I want you to focus about the blood of Jesus to cover our minds. And so when I saw this, this image, I was, at a, <laughs> I was at a workshop, myself, Elder Roy, and Lady Conway, at a workshop um, called Posture Shift. Posture Shift. And if you remember, because maybe you thought I was playing around, but if you remember, uh, on Palm Sunday, the Lord had me wash uh, Oheni's feet as a leader in the church. He had me wash my daughter Jessica's feet as uh, me humbly serving uh, a black woman who have really felt uh, marginalized. And, and I said at the end of my sermon that we have to figure out how we're going to wash the feet of those who are gay, those who are lesbian, those who are bisexual, those who are trans, those who are queer. And it's already quiet in this church. <laughs> but if you live in a city where what, where that has the fifth largest trans population in the country, then you have one or two choices. You either relocate or be crazy enough to think that God has you here to be used to be the glove that's on Jesus' hand that's going to touch their lives. And, and so, whew, this is going to be... Mm. And, and so, when you talk about the blood, the blood, some of you may not realize it, but Passover for the Jewish religion uh, ended yesterday. And Passover, we, my wife and I, we watched the, the, the 1959 version of the Ten Commandments. <laughs> you know, uh, and if you don't read the Bible, you, you probably think that Charleston Heston was Moses, but he was not. <laughs> I didn't realize I was texting people. I did not realize that Moses's, well, Moses's wife, uh, Charlton Heston's wife, actually was Herman Munster's wife. <laughs> yeah, they're actually the same person, believe it or not. Uh, that's a, has nothing to do with my sermon. I just thought that was interesting. <sighs> We're going to pray pretty soon. Yes, Holy Spirit. Yes, Holy Spirit. Um, yes, Holy Spirit. And so, uh, 
So the blood provides a way of escape for the people of Israel to get out of out of bondage. I'm going to end on this point because it's going to be so heavy. But I'm going to talk about me. Okay. Can you say he's talking about himself? So don't get offended with what I'm about to say because what? Okay. Okay. So don't get upset with what I'm about to say because what? Tell your neighbor he's not talking about you. However, if the shoe fits, wear it. Woo, Jesus. Now, me and Clint were talking yesterday. Uh, he said, well, why are we talking with Clint? Well, because, you know, he's my, he's my guy and he missed me and we want to make sure that we spend some time together. But as I was sharing with him, um, I was sharing with him some, some things and, and uh, I can't remember what I was going to say. No, that's okay. No, no, I, this, there's a point I was going to make, but anyways, we'll, 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 we'll figure it out. But I realized that with the blood, and I had somebody assigned to pray, um, but I'm, I'm going to have that person pray another time because I'm ending at a point that I did not expect to end at, um, but I'm following the Holy Spirit. So I realized that God said, the blood of Jesus, you're going to need the blood to escape. Escape what? Escape some of the ways you think. If I were to look at some of you, in your mind, you are behind bars. And the blood of Jesus needs to help you to escape anger, depression, discouragement, looking down on people, negative thoughts. Like There are some mindsets that unless the blood of Jesus goes to work, you'll not escape self-pity, everybody's against me, Nothing works for me. Nobody loves me. You need to escape. Oh, Jesus. Well, I've been pastoring 27 years, so I might as well use all these chips now. What did I say? He's talking about. So the Lord said to me, I've been, 
the Lord said to me, you're going to need to escape how you think about gay people. Don't, 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 don't clap quite yet. Talking about me. So we were at posture shift. And I'm a pretty nice guy. At least I think I am. They, people tell me I'm a nice guy. No. Not I me, mean, even sinners, like even in the basketball, like even in competition, people know me as a nice guy. But during the conference, I realized how much of a nice guy I wasn't. Now, when you, when I was growing up, I'm a baby boomer, when I was growing up, you mind if I be transparent? Yes. Okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, you, you mind if you said yes? yes. You're supposed to say no. Because <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you say yes, then I'm, I'm going to stop right here. <laughs> That's my wife. I want to go home <laughs> in peace. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, she said yes. Okay, I have permission. First God and then you. Okay. <laughs> so... And, and I hope I communicate this in a way that's not offensive, but I, I want to be transparent. So give me grace. Can you give me grace? Tell some person, give the pastor grace. So in my day, if, if a guy walked around um, with what I call effeminate um, characteristics in my day, you would look down on that guy you would, you would even maybe call them names. And, and I've, you know, that's teenage stuff, and as I grew older, you know, I've, I've had a number of friends who were, fall under those categories that we would call them. And so one of the presenters I noticed was walking around and presenting in, no, in, in, in a manner that I would not consider masculine. Is, is this all right? I'm, I'm navigating here, OK? And I enjoyed what he was saying. I, he, he's a believer, loves Jesus. Um, no. And, but I found that while he was presenting, something inside of me was getting angry. And I found myself 
found myself while I was sitting next to, between Elder Roy and my wife, while we were enjoying, and he was saying some amazing things, I found myself fighting with myself, trying to escape how I was feeling. And I realized that how I was feeling really had nothing to do with the new man who I was. But I had to escape the perception that was trying to take me in a perspective that wouldn't be helpful if I would need to witness and share the love of Jesus with an individual who falls under the trans uh, community. Are you, are you following me so far? And so I, I had to, I said, God, I want to be set free from a perspective so I'm not having this battle when I want to minister. Are you with me? Because, and he says something, he says something very interesting that I've heard, I can't tell you how many times I've heard this in church, I've never said it, at least, at least I thought at least I had the, the decency to know that that was wrong. But we've all heard the term, and I'll close with this, and we'll pray. And you may say, oh, I, didn't, I didn't come to church to hear this. Don't worry, I'm going to get to our perception, but God's about to do something. And, and, and you know, I'm not saying we're going to become a firming church. I'm not saying, we're going to, I'm not saying what we're going to do. I, I believe we're going to stay in the scriptures. But I'm saying this. You cannot reach anybody with the gospel if you don't love them. And, 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 and he, he said these words, and I was like, oh, my goodness, because I've heard these words so much time. How, how many have heard the term, God didn't make Adam and Eve, he made Adam, he didn't make Adam and Steve, he made Adam and Eve. How many have heard that term before? Okay, so, so, and usually what happens is that, you know, God didn't make Adam and Steve, he made Adam and Eve, and usually it's just like, amen, you better preach. Uh -huh. yeah. And so I thought about it, again, the blood of Jesus is renewing my mind, and God said to me, if you were trying to reach a man who was gay, and you brought him to church. And he heard that. And he heard people amening and laughing. Do you think he would want to come back? And I said, Lord, Lord, help me. And as I was going through this whole all day Friday, listening and enjoying, but battling with the old man, for what God wants to use me to do and what God wants to use his church to do. 
God has to deal with the blood of Jesus freeing our mindsets on how we look at people. Like Jesus looked at a hated tax collector named Levi and says, I'm going to choose you. Like Jesus makes a trip off course and says, I got to go to Samaria. He's a rabbi. There's three things a rabbi would never do. They would never, first of all, they never go to Samaria. Number two, they never would talk to a woman in public by themselves. And number three, a woman with her reputation. And it was so bad that when the disciples came back, they were like, John, get, John gets in their minds that they were wondering what Jesus was doing talking to her, but they decided to say nothing because after all, he's Jesus. So what am I saying? You can stand up. We'll go part two next week if you can stand it. I don't think we're, I don't think we're going to deal in this area because I want to get to I want to get to the good part, which I didn't get to here yet. But I really sense that God is saying to us, whether it's to the broken, that is, those who are homeless, those who are in the trans community, those who are marginalized. I mean, whatever category you want to put people in, God is saying that in some instances, we got to free our minds from works that are killing us, attitudes that are killing us, so that we can serve God. I want to say that I'm just trying to serve God. And the Lord keeps nailing me. Yeah, I'm going to ask. Uh, Eang, if you're in the building, I'm going to ask you to pray. I, there's something I want you to pray for, so uh, make your way up here wherever you are, uh, Dr. Yang. But the Lord said to me, he keeps pressing into me, Mark 2.22, easy to remember, 2.22. He can't put new wine into old wineskins. He, he, he can't do a new thing if you keep thinking the old way. And God is up to something. Please, trust me. I, I'm, and, and we're, we're taking some risk here. And what am I saying? I don't know where we're heading as a church. And I don't want you to think that the bishop has some kind of scheme that he's just kind of massaged. I have no idea where God has taken us. But I do know one thing. 
we're going to have to change the way we think to go where God needs us to go. And the only cure for that is the blood of Jesus. The, the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Sometimes, mm, come up here and give me five. Sometimes it's going to take the blood of Jesus to give people another chance. Because your mind is saying, I remember what you did. I remember how you did it. And yet the Lord is saying, 70 times 70. That was the one time that the disciples said, increase my faith. <laughs> I just want to hear God say, when Brian Green stands in his presence, well done. Well done. I want to say something to my mom. I want to I bless you. Has nothing to do, well, it has something to do with later in my sermon, but the Lord told me to do this for you now. Because I'm going to eventually talk about the Holy Spirit, because he's the one who really gives us the ability to apply the blood. Okay? And, and what I want you to do, just by faith, I like what Tudor Bismarck said, God doesn't need us to understand, he just needs us to obey. I, what I want you to do this week, and I want you to do regularly through the end of May, this is what I heard the Lord say, and let's see what he does. I want you to anoint your head, your, your head, your, your mind with oil as a sign that you're saying, God, Holy Spirit, applied the blood to my thinking so that my thinking can be free. Are you following me? And I want to talk later about the Holy Spirit because oh, I wish I could have gotten to the, I wish I could have gotten to what I wanted to preach, but you know, it's not my sermon. Uh, but the, the word plead the blood, it is a legal term. Oh, I can hardly wait to get, which means that pleading the blood means that you're going to need a lawyer. The Holy Spirit is not a hookah mashanda. He is legal counsel. Oh, man, I, I can hardly wait to get to this. But this is my point. You need legal counsel because the enemy will try to marginalize you. The enemy in the court is the prosecutor. Oh, I, I'm going to get to that. I can hardly wait. But the reason why I need to bless my mom is because... My mom, when she came to this country, she was marginalized, and this country changed her identity. This is deep. This is so deep. Oh, this is deep. When my mother came to this country at the age of 16, Her name is spelled M-A-R-C-I-A. Are you with me? In the country she was born in, Barbados, her name is Marcia. Marcia, when she came to this country, I'm not saying that people should feel guilty, 
But white people Amen. called her Masha. Amen. And as a 16-year-old, she tried to fight back for her identity and say, I'm not Masha, I'm Masia. But she was told by older black people, this is America, they call you Masha, just deal with it. So my mother's 85 years old, that's 70 years of being called a name that was never yours. So, Mom, I'm going to call you today Mother Marcia. bless you with your identity back. It may have been 70 years, but you are Mother Marcia. And if I can help it, well, of course, if I ever called you Masha, you'd slap me. <laughs> but I will call you Mother Marcia to reclaim who you were. So I'm going to ask you, Dr. Yang, to close us out in prayer. Um, Helen, I can give you this microphone. I didn't use it. And what I want you to do is to pray for us, because this is a concept that you have been teaching during midnight prayer, that God will give us new wineskins for the new thing he's going to do for this church. says that we have come unto Mount Zion, the city of the living God. We have come unto the souls of just men made perfect and unto the blood, the speaking blood, the blood that speaks better things than that of Abel. Father, we thank you for the power 
of the blood of Jesus. Your word says that on, in heaven there are three that bear witness. The Father, the Spirit, and the Son. And in earth, three bear witness. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. Lord, this morning we align ourselves with the Spirit, the water, and the blood. Lord, I declare in the name of Jesus that Pentecostal tabernacle aligns herself with the Spirit, the water, and the blood. Father, if in any way we divert from that agreement, help us, O oh God. Help us, O oh God. We submit ourselves under the authority of your word, of your Holy Spirit, and of the blood. Father, we covenant ourselves with you this morning, O oh God. We covenant ourselves with you. Honor the power of the blood. Help us, Lord. We haven't been this way before. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Lord, we are asking for new wineskins. New wineskins. Lest the wine be lost and the wineskins burst. There is a new thing that you are doing in our midst, in our hearts, in our church. There is a new wine that you are pouring out upon us, O oh God. But we need new wineskins. And so, Lord, we ask for new wineskins. You said, be, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Father, this morning we plead the blood of Jesus over our minds. Over our minds over our hearts, over our eyes, how we see and perceive, how we understand and interpret. Lord, let it be through the lens of the blood of Jesus. Father, let the blood speak for us in the name of Jesus. We enter in to that which is beyond the veil. We enter into the holy of holies, with nothing else but the blood of Jesus. And we thank you, Father, for the power of the blood on our behalf in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Your word says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And I will not allow the, the angel of destruction to come in and smite you. We plead the blood, oh God, over our children over our destinies, oh God. We plead the blood of Jesus, Father, over every family represented in this sanctuary this morning. I apply the blood in the name of Jesus. Father God, I approach the throne of grace, the throne of grace, and I plead the blood. I plead the blood. The blood says mercy, that the burden of guilt 
of shame, of judgment may be removed. Oh God, I plead the blood. Let the blood speak for us, oh God. Father, when we don't have the, 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 the authority to speak, Father, when we are guilty, oh God, Father God, when we, when we have no voice, let the voice, uh, let the blood of the, the voice of the blood utter, speak on our behalf, oh God. Let the blood of Jesus speak continually in the, in the courts of heaven on our behalf, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because this morning we sanctify ourselves, we consecrate ourselves, and we draw near by the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Father. Give us an understanding, O oh God, of this blood, of the power of this blood. Give us an understanding. Give us a glimpse. Give us insight, O oh God, so that when we say the blood of Jesus, it comes from a place of understanding, O oh God, from a place of revelation, O oh God. Father, there is so much that we, 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 we don't understand that we haven't grasped, but we ask for deeper understanding and revelation by, by, the, by the workings of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Thank you, Father. You are our help. You are our help. Thank you, Lord. We honor you and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Before I bless you, um, I'm going to ask that you be prayerful. I'm going to, I don't want us to get stuck on this because I want to, I really want to, I really believe that this is the key to breakthrough, uh, the blood of Jesus and how to apply it. And so I'm going to ask you, regularly anoint you, I believe that God is going to start showing us some things, breaking off some old things, some, some um, family curses, things that have been holding us back as he continues to give me revelation on this. Um, what struck me at, at the end of the uh, Friday, we were, we were the last ones leaving, and so one of the guys who was, um, who was one of the panelists, uh, he, young guy, probably about 25, 26, uh, yeah, 20, 20. Tall guy, though. Uh, he said, you know, we're walking out. And I said, hey, you know, thank you for being transparent. He talked about having an encounter with the Holy Spirit that changed everything. It was amazing. And he says to me, oh, I heard you preach, and I like your preaching. And I was like, really? He said, yeah, I'm a member of IFC. And I heard you preached. And there's something about your voice that really touched me. And I was saying to myself, wow, you don't know. <laughs> you don't know where God's going to lead you. And you must be ready. And so as I bless you, I'm going to ask again that you just travel this road of where the Lord is, is, is leading us as we walk by faith. And I'm going to ask the Lord that he'll cover your minds with his blood. Because <laughs> uh, we're taking a big risk just talking about this. Because 
I know people, I've been around, not the folks who are going to say, well, wh where's the church going? Or where's the pastor Jim planning? And read my list. I don't know what God is doing, but I do know he's going to keep us in his word. And I know that I'm just going to have to trust him. And I'll ask that you keep praying. Because at the end of all this, I really believe that we're going to see some miracles in this room. We're going to see people set free. And people who had soul ties and familiar spirits at the, that you're going to understand, as, as, as uh, Ian was saying, that in the courts of heaven, the blood speaks. And I'm excited about where he's taking us. So put out your hands. Those of you who are new to our church, uh, we always try to end the service giving a blessing, not a closing prayer. And, this, and if you want to say, well, where did, I like those words. Where did he get them from? In the Bible's Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 to 26, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, the fourth book in the Bible. This is where it's found. So may the Lord bless you and protect you. May he look after you, shield you, defend you, and take care of you. May the Lord make his face to shine, grin, and beam, and show his pleasure on you. May the Lord show you his favor that will promote you, appreciate you, support you, side with you as a side with him. May the Lord be gracious, kind-hearted, pleasant, and compassionate to you. And finally, whether you're in this room or online or in a little sanctuary, may the Lord give you his shalom, his peace, his rest, his harmony, his calmness, his composure, his prosperity, and his success. And may the Lord remove anything that causes agitation or discord with his divine purpose and destiny for your life. I bless you. I bless you. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and everybody say, I receive that blessing. God bless you. Have a fantastic week. Hey, family. Thank you so much for joining us for today's service. Special thanks to those of you who continue to generously support the work of this ministry. We are so grateful for you, and it's because of you that we can be a blessing to this community. If you enjoyed the service today, please like, share with your friends and family, and subscribe to our channel so that you can get a notification whenever our services go live. We also invite you to follow us on social media at PT Cambridge in order to stay connected to this ministry. Hey, we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for watching and God bless you.